Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. And if you get a chance, head over to disrupteducation.co. You'll see all kinds of places I've been, what I've been writing, who I've been talking to around education reform. Also, if you are looking for your next opportunity in life, head over to getahallpass.com. We all roam the hallway of life, but a lot of us are afraid to open up doors to opportunity. Well, we have your accountability partners right there in the hallway at Hall Pass. Getahallpass.com. Open that up. Check it out. You'll walk through your next door of opportunity. On today's podcast, I have Celan Carthy. Celan is a trusted global trainer, a coach, consultant, in design thinking, innovation, digital transformation, and disruptive ideas. He is the founder of Navlan Consulting and has been helping companies for over two years in Malaysia and worldwide. Coming up after the break, I'm talking with Celan all the way across the globe. See you in a minute. Have you ever thought about creating courses and training online? Without a partner to guide you through that process, you're going to be stressed about why your learners aren't engaged or how to create updated content, missing revenue opportunities, and not even having enough time. I know because I create online courses and I have a solution for you, e-learning partners. You don't have to be overwhelmed anymore. Become a partner with e-learning partners to create your courses and training stress-free and achieve the results you want to see. If you are thinking about wanting to create a course or training online and you believe like I believe that no expertise should go unheard, then click the e-learning partners link in the notes of this podcast and you can start your journey to create your courses and training stress-free. If you want all that and more from the e-learning partners, hit the link in the podcast notes because there's a free masterclass for you to take. That's right, a free masterclass. Hit that link today. The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. I have Celan Carty, founder and director of Navlan Consulting. Celan, how are you? Very good, Peter. Thank you for having me. Really, it's a pleasure to actually be here with you. Absolutely, absolutely. We are halfway around the world from each other. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, guys. I'm actually Celan, uh, uh, and um, uh, born and bred in Malaysia. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's been a long journey uh, in has come thus far, and it's great to be here uh, and uh, with all of you. Um, um, my journey has been uh, interesting. Uh, being the um, um, only child for my mom and dad, and um, at this moment, I'm a single father. And uh, my dad passed away just about two years ago, <clears throat> and. Uh, <clears throat> It's interesting that uh, that passing on my dad made uh, I took a leap in my life uh, to actually start go and start on my own. And what I do currently is I I do trainings, coachings, and consulting for corporate companies and also students <clears throat> and also companies that are starting up SME companies, small medium businesses that 
you know, with this whole pandemic that is happening globally, a lot of people are sadly losing their jobs. And uh, so that's one thing that I'm also doing here in, in Malaysia is to reach out to people who need to start up their own companies. It's a great time to start a own company for those people who are losing their jobs. So uh, one way of actually doing it is using design thinking to actually to start. It's okay to fail because uh, if you do not fail, then how do you know you're right? So that's that's how I do things. Yeah, I love that story. Um, you know, we've had a conversation a little bit before the uh, podcast, and um, just a driven educator. Um, what about your education? How is your education path? And then, you know, how do you start to see things differently? But let's start with your educational path. What what is it like? Uh, growing up where you grew up, um, what does it look like? And then you are working on a doctoral program, I believe. And uh, tell us all the way, the, the quick journey through your education. So, yeah, I started off uh, uh, doing my bachelor's of uh, computer science. <clears throat> it's an honors program. Uh, it was all about algorithms. Yeah, it's um, one of the final projects I did was actually uh, health in, uh, informatics, um, diagnosing um, uh, heart attacks using uh, computer algorithms. Um, you know, after that, I I didn't I continued to pursue. I met one of the deans of a uh, university, and he said, "Silen, you would need to pursue to a master's. You know, <clears throat> if that is your path." So I said, "All right." I met him uh, to one of my very one of my father's uh, one of my favorite uncles, uh, my father's youngest brother. He was one of my mentor in education until today. The last 30 over years and he said you got to meet the dean and i said all right uh, bring it on let's meet the dean and you know um and then he took me into it and he said you know continue the master's sealant you know and uh, apply it and see whether what happens and i did my master's in uh, neural network application it's a master's of computer science um also it's all about ai it's about artificial intelligence but this is the ai of year 2002 <laughs> So it was, uh, it was not the AI that we see today. It's very different. It's all broken pieces. It was trying to make AI, the birth of AI was that period. You know, everybody uh, was not even touching AI then. Uh, and so you can see I was all over the place. Hence my master's took me like four years <laughs> um, uh, to actually get it all properly done. So I wrote algorithms to diagnose breast cancer uh, whether it's benign or malignant, you, because that's the data point I needed. I was trying to diagnose it using glaucoma disease, but I couldn't get data points from the US. But they said, look, we actually have breast cancer data. Would this be okay? I said, as long as I've got any data, I just need to feed in into my, my, um, my learning and let it spit out some information and see whether the accurate is accurate. As, it was accurate. It was 99% accuracy uh, to diagnose breast cancer uh, using that particular algorithm. Yeah. So interesting is... Um, then from there on, I always want to do my PhD, Peter. Yeah, so um, one of it is to do to be a medical doctor. Um, but uh, uh, interestingly, I went to a university and they, they actually took me and put me into a hospital for two weeks. I was there for about uh, two weeks. I went through that stint, uh, but it got me to decide that maybe not being a medical doctor is a different part. Maybe I need to want to do something else. <laughs> okay. And uh, hence, uh, today where I am today, you know, after the 20 years, when I finished, I graduated in 2007 of my master's. And, and now I'm actually um, going to pursue my PhD. Uh, and it's going to be on innovation. Um, it's uh, Design thing is a small element to it. I'm looking at a bigger framework of innovation for companies 
where you know, as you know many companies do not innovate they want to but they're struggling mm-hmm. as much as many startups want to innovate they're struggling and also students uh, i know today is a different period where young people young students young children are innovating and building stuff i think it's a great thing uh, that the phd is one but the whole design thinking element is another element that uh, it would help any walks of life to come up with a new idea and and take it on from there so that's my that's my journey in terms of my career path uh in terms of my studies as well let's dig into your your career and actually you know you mentioned businesses and we've had conversations mm-hmm. about you know corporations and design thinking and, and working in that area but i'm real curious about the students right we we left our conversation just the last time we spoke it was it was just very invigorating because i'm i love design thinking um, and I love to teach that uh, at the high school level. Um, you've created some amazing things around that. Um, and I wanted to just kind of like, so how, how would you or how do you want to change the education system where it involves design thinking? What does it look like to you? Yes, you're absolutely right, Peter. I mean, uh, as I was doing for corporate companies, I was getting a lot of calls coming in saying, Celan, do you do for students? You do design thinking for students. And I said, yeah, why not? We, I, do, I don't have an opportunity because at this moment, that was early stages in uh, two years back when I started, I just went to corporate companies. Uh, one of the persons that inspired me was my son. And he was always talking about design thinking at home because when he passes my laptop, he sees the word design thinking in every page. <laughs> so he said, design thinking again, design thinking again. So I said, yeah. you know. Then I said, come here, son. I called him and I said, you know, you know what's design thinking? You know, I said you got to think. You know, and I just told him in in the context of a, a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old boy needs to understand design thinking, and I just told him this: you need to build something, and it's you got to try it out, and it's called prototype. That's all I told him, you know. And he started to take his Lego, and everything he started building ever since was called a prototype. And he has got a he's got a vessel in his. In his room now, it is an it is a NASA space shuttle. At two days later, it becomes uh, it is becomes a holocraft, and then three days later, it turns into a car with a wing. You know, it keeps building on it, and he says it's prototyping a So I said, okay, fine. Now that got me into like, wow, if a child like this can understand, I said students need to do this as well. Everybody needs to fail fast and fail cheap. Hence, that's where I got opportunities from the Ministry of Education and from a university here as well. Um, for the, they call it STEM. I think you, you understand, you know, science, technology, um, um, and also maths and engineering. Uh, there, there's programs here such as that, Peter. So I, there was one of the, it's called STEM Genius Program. So this is uh, kind of the uh, high order thinking guys, uh, the, the cream of the crop. And they say, let's do, let's try these out to them. <clears throat> Interestingly, Peter, when I did it, they're, they're actually 17 years old, right? Uh, it's like the O levels, yeah. It's old, and you know, we in Malaysia we follow the British education, mm-hmm. so it's O level. So we did uh, three, four groups of uh, prototyping uh, to run through the whole design thinking. In fact, I stayed there overnight with them. Uh, the night we had a night uh, discussion about uh, other how IDEO does design thinking, how Apple does design thinking, and they were getting inspired. These different. 70-year-old children, kids, I would say, students, yeah. And the next day, they came up with amazing physical low-fidelity prototypes. 
uh, even the doctors and uh, doc- I mean the PhD doctors who are from the university who are there, they said, "Goodness, these guys came up with amazing, bold, brave, brilliant ideas." And she said, "Silen, we need to continue this program because the way you structured it." And it's very inspiring for me as well, Peter, because when I did this last year, uh, and then she came back. We did one more early this year, and then you know the whole pandemic came about, and and I, I but she's very in touch with me. She said we need to do one before the end of this year as well. Um, but the ideas that came up for the students are amazing. And Peter, we shouldn't stop there, right? Ideas are merely ideas, but ideas you don't help. You don't help the students to take into the next level. Yes. Then that idea will not, you know, it just it just dies down. We need to teach them how to take it and and solve people's problem with that idea. It's not about a return on investment. You know, I think what I've learned from students is not about show me the ROI. No, it's not about return on investment. Your return on intention, if that is right, your in the returns of investment will be right. So we can. It's a great time to mold students. That's what I saw. That's my experience. And I think it's a great avenue that we start start them young, start them in schools, not just the university. Of course, the university is coming to me as well. Let's build programs for them. I said yes, why not? We should. But if we can go back earlier in the education system, it's the right thing to do. Help them come up with different thinking and do it and sprint it out. So I think design thinking, design doing, and design sprint They're all put together and just try out, fail your way to success. I just had a conversation with a young man uh, on the past weekend, and uh, we were talking about like what he was struggling with, and um, it is exactly what you just said. It is the fact that when young people have ideas, well, when they're young, young, they just do it, right? They just play around, but then when they get them into a system, then they wait, and they're like, well, I don't know if this is right, and somehow we scare them out of that decision-making process and what I love about what you're talking about what you're doing is universal right it's it's one of the things that um, youth when they come of age they really struggle with making that decision and this is such a roadmap to teach them that your first decision maybe second decision isn't going to be perfect it's going to be messy and everything so I I love your angle coming into this so you see this on the business side, you see this on the education side. Where do you think is a great place to start? Do you think like early as five years old, three years old? How do, how do you see yourself immersing this design thinking? But it's so much more than design thinking. We've had conversations, you've leveled up and done some really amazing things with Agile and everything that's plugged into here. But what, what, what age do you think that would work um, best in your experience so far? You are right. You know, having doing design thinking, or we can call it anything, creative thinking or creative design thinking. At the end, you're designing something. I realized that there's no age limit to design anything, Peter. In life, uh, even as how young you are to how old you are, we are all learning. We are all students, Peter. Right? That's how I look at it. Right? It can be a 78-year-old uh, wise young man who is still a student because he's still learning. Right? And it could be a three-year-old, we call him, we call him or her a boy, all right, or a, a child, but he or she is also learning. It's just that we all never stop learning. So I would say we are all students, Peter. 
right? It's just that we have a system that starts us young and we call them student and we say, you know, go into teenage world and then you go into universities and then now you're no more student, you are a teenager and now you're a young adult and, and now you're an adult, you're professional and now, now you get into the mid-40s and, you, you, know, you, you, know, you know, we just are categorizing. But you know what, we're all learning whether in the institution of learning right. or outside the institution of learning. I believe that we are always learning. Coming up after the break, Seelan goes into his disruptive idea for teaching youth in the world all around design thinking. Hang on, we'll be right back after the break. I recently asked Jake, who is a sophomore in high school, why he uses SpikeView to share his learning journey. Um, I think it's really cool that you know SpikeView is really putting that abstract into con- concrete data and knowledge and then displaying that to the outside world. And I think SpikeView is different than anything else out there. Um, like I said before, because it's really taking that, you know, the, that those abstract skill sets and those abstract experiences and putting them into data that, you know, is actually mathematic and scientific and, um, you know, that matches you up with the best programs and, um, you know, best places for you. People, um, you know, who are really trying to make those changes in the world and they're going to be using SpikeView because SpikeView is that app where you can, you know, take, take those experiences and take those passions and put them out there. Um, and share with other people and that's you know that's really powerful and that you know that professional networking piece um, you know to be with other like-minded teenagers that puts you ahead that puts you ahead in a lot of ways and so um, you know I think anyone who uses SpikeView right now has a leg up in the future and excited to see you know where those SpikeView alumni head up. Head to SpikeView.com start your portfolio now for free. That's sorry that's the beauty of it is the categorization of what we think and then outside the box. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that's 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 very key. And you're bringing up a great point there too, right? Because if we start to categorize people, they start thinking, oh, well, I can't do that until. And I run into that all the time too. So that's beautiful. Sorry, you, you were saying. So yes, and I mean, this thought just came about when you asked this great question about when do we start it? And I realized it's, we can, it has no right time to start. It's just that start it. Right. So, if you ask me, then it should be a, a it should be a system that just helps anybody innovate at any age. As children, what we did is, for example, my my own story is my I was watching a program, and it was a program on Johnny Depp. I think it was a Johnny Depp movie, right? So I was watching it, and my son was there, and I said, "Son, look at this." It's, I can't remember the name. It's Transcendence, if I'm not wrong, if I'm right, mm-hmm. I can't remember. But it's something to do with Johnny Depp and AI, right? He's actually dead and gone, and he uses AI to build something and gets back to life. So I'm sorry if I got the name of the movie wrong, guys, right? I think you got it right. <laughs> so I got it right. Okay, so I watched it the second. And I said, son, you got to watch this. But he's not keen on watching the movie. I said, son, you got to watch this because you see how the AI mechanics works and look how he thinks and... But you know what? I watched the movie, Peter, and after that, I gave my son's magnets to just do something about it. I just gave him magnets. And he was sitting down there. He was about seven, eight years old. And he was just, just watching the movie. I'm not sure what he's watching. I was watching the movie. <laughs> after the movie ended, I just looked down. He actually has built a power station. 
Nice. Using magnets. All right. And interesting, you know, magnets, right? North and North will never join. And South and South will, will you know, will actually disjoint. Mm-hmm. He has actually found a way to get the magnets to overlap on each other with North and South and made a beautiful power station that looks something as similar to what was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought he was not watching the movie, but can you imagine that power of imaginary, that imagination that he had that I see something there in the TV, but I don't know what it is, what it does in terms of the the, 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 the logic or the science of it, but I'm going to build it. And he built that, and I took a snap of that magnet. It was beautiful. It looks so awesome. You know, it just has some mechanics to do it. Maybe you'll start generating some power, Peter. Right. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So, but what I'm going to say is that yeah. go, there is go no on. age. There's no age. Yeah. I mean, if you just give them the right, you just put them into the right system, without even giving them some, no instructions at all. But he just started building it. I think if you just put people where they're supposed to do it and have a support mechanism, anybody can come up with great ideas. What does that support mechanism look like to you? Because that's a great key point as well. Like the, our, our students do need some sort of support. What does that look like to you? As I tell corporate companies, you need an innovation lab. We just need to give them a place or a room right you just go and build stuff peter that's the most simple thing i mean if you put too much of boundaries to students right and they go like yeah but peter yeah but Silen, you know right you put too much of time to it yeah but Silen said you have to get it by by now you know you know this corporate thing said when you need it i need it yesterday right, right? then you'll never get it done. so it's like if you put too much time into it to say you know um do it now all right, come out at two o'clock and get it down. But I think ideas should keep generating. You should give them some time not to generate ideas, generate ideas that solve people's problem. Yes. Which is why I say uh, it's not about the investment, return on investment, it's about the intention. If the intention of the students, with, you know, put them in the room, just a simple room, we'll call it innovation lab, give it names. And who can name the, the, the rooms? Let the students give a name to that room. Let let it let it be theirs, mm-hmm. right? And let 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 the room be. Today the room is going to call Falcon Week, mm-hmm. or it's everything is about NASA stuff, and you know Elon Musk comes in and you know talks about it, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. The next week is about let's go into the Apple room. It's all about Steve Jobs and blah blah blah. The next is about Jack Ma, Taobao room, you know. So basically, it becomes interesting because there's no there's it's not the same room for the next one year the same room becomes different themes and they can make the room colorful as 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 uh, Tony Buzan said, the more colors it is, the more creative you become, right? And today, I know the, the, the corporate world are doing it and I think let them design their own room in schools. Mm-hmm. Let them build their own innovation lab. So, Peter, for me, right, the way I look at it, Peter, it is just no right one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Because today we live in a, in a world that the global, the global pandemic has made us realize that there is, you know, it's either you move out, come out, of, throw the box away and think differently, right? Yes, I, I don't say think out of the box. I say throw the box away. There's no more boxes today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to get our students to think from inside the box. But sometimes they need to touch the box and think. Sometimes they need to smell the box and think. There's no right way. Sometimes you need to walk out of the box, look at the box, sip a cup of coffee and think. (laughs) 
What I'm trying to say, Peter, at the end of the day, we just need to give them time to think, to solve a human being's problem. That's why I say they just need a place, an avenue, call it anything. Give them a room to always go back. Let it be an open door concept room. It's not a door that is locked mm. or it's a door that is open for them because thinking ideas come out anytime. And you can even do build a virtual reality room for them today. They can get into the room from wherever they are and start building prototypes. Just to start building. That is beautiful. I want to go to that school right now. <laughs> I, I love the concept. It's, it is, it's ownership. It's um, an environment created by students. It is because eventually, right, they, if you teach them this format, they will go ahead and be able to empathize. They will see challenges and then they'll go ahead and start fixing it. It'll cycle itself into just a, an amazing, I don't want to say utopia, but like a, an amazing place where people are learning and moving forward and helping others um, in the world, um, especially like in a pandemic or in, in you know, global environmental challenges and, and those things. Um, what, wow. <laughs> when are you going to build the school? <laughs> That's my next question. <laughs> In fact, one of the things I'm thinking of is actually to build an iSchool. That's also another thing I'm thinking about, right? So interestingly, as I spoke to you, you asked me these questions and you've actually fast-tracked my, my ideas about maybe two years already, <laughs> right? right? Because it. I'm just so bogged with stuff that I didn't even think about it. But that's my ultimatum. I wanted to build a school for people to just go and build stuff, right? And then mechanics, as you say, in design thinking, be human thinking, which means I'm trying to say it is it's design thinking. What are you designing? You're designing it for a fellow human being. Whether it's a child that is afraid to go to meet a dentist, we need to do something for them. Hmm. Whether it's an uncle and auntie that comes out from the airport and that he he you know he needs to walk so far to get to to find a bench. Maybe the bench should come to that uncle and auntie. Mm-hmm. Right? We can use AI, we can digitalize that. So if the bench can understand it. So these ideas, Peter, it should come from students, right? not just from corporate. But students need help. Number one, they have a place to build it. Number two, they need support mechanism to come. You know, the big industry players can come in there. You know, I know great companies do that in Malaysia. Globally, they come in to help them. It's just that it's not starting from a corporate company. Is starting from a very early age, from the school, hmm. from the school. Just give them a room. Like many great ideas came from the backyards, back alleys, right? A small room, isn't it? I mean, from Jeff Bezos to yep. to you know, everybody started from their little. And I started my company from my home as well, right? Yes. So it all starts from this little room that gets you to think. So I always say this: that in in innovation, you just need time to think. So I call it T times T um, to the subscript of humans, mm-hmm. right? Innovation means time to think about human beings because you need to solve a human being's problem. Mm-hmm. And that is what, Peter, we need to help the students understand that it's not about m- making millions in the next one month. It's about solving one man's problem, yeah. one human being's problem, right? A one person's problem any countries or whatever, if you can actually really put your thoughts and go deep. Yeah, of course, that's the design thinking to understand. So design thinking is not about to design. It's about giving them that avenue, that little room mm-hmm. to just think and validate, validate an experiment 
you know, it's amazing because their thought process goes different level, Peter, and we're starting them early, mm. right? And then if it's good there, show them that avenue to write a simple lean business canvas, right? Mm. A, a, a business model because uh, Celan, uh, Peter, I've got an idea. Now, what do I do next? Because yes. they are students, right? We need to guide them. What do I do next? And help them write a one-pager business canvas. And that canvas, it needs to be agile as well. It, 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 that, it, that canvas cannot be the same canvas throughout because with this pandemic that happened, we need to review canvases as well, right? It needs to be agile. It needs to be agile. One or two things need to change. Um, now, everything is going virtual. Um, two days ago, or yesterday, we had this uh, um, pitch out that was happening in a corporate company. Some, there were eight ideas that I coached. And I, and I realized that one month ago, there were different questions that we asked. But last week, when you asked the questions, we said, are you factoring in um, the pandemic? That was what we were asking. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, doing, you're doing an event management, but can this be a dynamic uh, digital transformation project where if another pandemic hits us, we just pray it doesn't come, we just pray it doesn't come, Peter, mm -hmm. right? But can it factor in social distancing, mm -hmm. right? So that is something now you need to be built in in anything we do, perhaps because there's a new norm, right? So, so these things, Peter, that, that we need to, is after the design thinking, the lab for the students, we need to also help them come up with a simple business case, right? Or a business model and help them to pitch it, teach them how they can pitch this idea. If they can go out with the 13 slides, uh, 13, uh, simple 13 slides to get funding, now that closes the gap so now interestingly they can they want to be that millionaire or billionaire fine but by just helping that one human being and showing them the right way of doing it to design thinking the lean canvas and helping them pitch that idea have a practice session in that little room of theirs that they created on their own just all the startup investors or venture capital companies to get back into the room <laughs> uh, yes and now they can pitch it out uh, that's beautiful. I, I, I love the concept. Um, when this is over, we've had a conversation where I, I believe I'm coming to Malaysia, right? Is that is that how we're doing it? <laughs> uh, I cannot wait to, to see the school. I do want to give you a chance to, to let our audience know how, how would they contact you and, and your business? So where would a place be where people can find you um, and uh, possibly help build this thing out with you? Wow. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Peter. Uh, so first of all, you're virtually already in Malaysia. That's number one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Next is once I, I pray everything gets well and I hope I can come over there and you can come over here and yes. we can meet. Uh, yes, Peter. So um, they can contact me through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's very easy to find me, Peter. Uh, as you know, you can get through through Peter or you can get through me. It's mm -hmm. Stelan as in S-E-E-L-A-N. Karti, K-A-R-T-H-I, right? From LinkedIn, my emails are there. A lot of write blog, my blogs are there. A lot of sharing and videos are there. You can actually catch, catch me up from there. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, I think that is the first avenue. I mean, I'm in LinkedIn, so it's a great way to, even Peter, you know, you, you reach me through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great avenue, uh, one-stop center for me. It's like everything is coming from there. Yeah. Um, yes, this school that I'm talking about, it is, it's something that I have this image. Um, I want to start small and uh, yeah, I'm always open to anyone who wants to reach out to me, right? Um, but it's a school that brings everyone in. There's not going to be age, any age limit. I think 
it should be a school needs to be not putting one category in and building it. It should be everyone coming in, a school for everyone, which means if there's a young boy who's a seven years old who needs to work with a professional from a technological company, let it be that school. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us on Disrupt Education, Seelung. Um, I will put your LinkedIn um, connection in the, uh, in the description, but um, I cannot wait to see how you start to prototype this school. I am, I am super excited. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. Really, really a pleasure to talk to you and uh, really, really um, blessed to also get to know you, Peter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching Disrupt Education. And if you love this episode, hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you constantly get our message with Disrupt Education. Have a good one.